In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I wanted to share some thoughts on the epistle reading today, because we usually uh, offer a sermon on the gospel. But the epistles of St. Paul are so rich and um, moving, I think, so, so deeply moving. He's writing literally from jail. That's why he says, a prisoner for the Lord. He's writing from jail. And in this very short epistle, he's writing a letter to the Ephesians. But a prisoner not only physically being bound in a Roman jail, but also a sense of being belonging and being captivated by Christ. A prisoner for Christ. That if I'm going to be a prisoner of something, if I'm going to be a slave to something, if I'm going to be owned by something, let it be Christ. Let it be God. Because there's a lot of other things I could be a prisoner to. And he mentions a prisoner for the Lord. And then he's begging, he says, I beg you. I beg you. What more can he say? He says, I'm begging you. Now he's writing again to the Ephesians. That's like a little parish, just like you. I'm begging you, he says. Lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called. What is the calling we have been called to? Nothing short and nothing less of being sons and daughters of God. That's who we are. That's what we are being invited to, to be sons and daughters of the Most High God. And so if that's what we've been called to, then we lead a life that reflects that, that shows that, that is worthy of that. And how do we do that? With lowliness, with meekness, with patience. Bearing one another in love. Maintaining a sense of unity of the Spirit in peace. So in other words, we might not yet see ourselves as sons and daughters of God. Because we say, well, how can I be a son of God? How can I be a daughter of God? I don't feel holy. I don't feel like I deserve that. Or... I've committed so many mistakes. How can God you know, accept me in that way? And so we, we kind of uh, don't really, uh, can't really wrap our minds around that concept, that idea. But this is precisely what we've been given in baptism. This is exactly what we are here to be in the church. When we walk through those doors and we come together as the church, we are coming together as the sons and daughters of God. Again, we have a hard time accepting that or seeing ourselves in that way. But if we did, if every morning we woke up and said, I'm a daughter of God, I think we will act differently, won't we? 
I think we will think differently. But in humility, that's why he says humility, not to get puffed up and say, oh, I'm holy, I'm a saint now, I'm a daughter of God. Not in that way, but in humility. In humility. And I don't always act like a son and daughter of God, do I? I act the opposite way. And that's why he says, well, be patient with each other because you're still growing into this identity. You're still growing into this role, into this life, into this calling. But I'm begging you, don't stop trying. Don't give up. Keep going, struggling to be worthy of who you are. Okay? And then... When these beautiful lines, because there is one body, one spirit, one faith, one Lord, one baptism, one God, there is a unity, there is a singleness, singularity. We are not just a puzzle, puzzle pieces, you know, distributed all everywhere, fragmented. In Christ, there is unity, there is completeness. In the world is the opposite. In the world is fragmentation, is division, is all kinds of animosity and people divided, families divided, countries divided, you name it. That's the world. And when you're in that, you realize how chaotic and how bad it is. In Christ, there is unity. There is perfection and holiness. And that's what our souls are seeking. We don't want to be in that chaos. We don't want to be in that fragmentation. We, our souls, desire unity with God, unity within ourselves, harmony and peace. That's what we're after. And that's what our souls desire. And finally, as we are busy shopping for our Christmas gifts, and many of us are doing so now, he says, you've received also a gift, Christ's gift. Not only Christ himself, whom God gives us, right? That's what we're celebrating on December 25th the gift of God, Himself. God gives Himself in addition to everything else He's given us. The world, our life, the beauty, our relationships, all the things He's blessed us with. And if that wasn't enough, He gives Himself as well. He gives Himself. And today in this liturgy, he gives himself again through the, Holy, through the Holy Eucharist. How many gifts have we received? How many things have we received from God? We could never repay him. We could never repay him. But what we can do is honor him, glorify him, praise him, worship him, and be like him or try 
And many of us, including myself, fail at that all the time. And, but we don't lose hope. We don't give up. We recognize our sins. We recognize our failings. And then we get back up. We ask for forgiveness. And we go forward. That is the only way. So with the prayers of St. Paul and his beautiful words, this admonition to always lead a life worthy of the calling, let us go forward with that message and with that hope, and especially with the joy of the gift of Christ. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> there are so many moments, so many scenes in the Bible that have to do with eating. Some kind of gathering, some kind of food being eaten. And you see this throughout the Bible. The very first, of course, is Adam and Eve. And in the garden, they are desiring to eat something, the fruit from the forbidden tree. And then later, we hear the, the story of Abraham and how he was visited by three men, three angels, and he sets out food for them to eat. And then in the Gospels, so many moments where Christ is dining with people. He's coming to their homes, they're feeding him, and some people are getting upset that he's even going to the homes of tax, pay, uh, tax collectors and sinners and, and eating with them. Having a banquet. Why is that such a prevalent theme throughout the scriptures? There's material food that we eat. We get hungry. And then there's spiritual food. There's the body that needs to be satisfied. And then there's the soul. We are both earthly and we are heavenly. The problem is we like the earthly a little too much. Because it's what's most accessible. It's what's the easiest. Just like a banquet. I can go down to the grocery store, buy a whole bunch of food, bring it, at home, bring it to the house, start cooking a beautiful meal, and invite people and enjoy. That's easy to do. It's easy to enjoy. And people will be happy to come over for that meal because you invited them and they're happy to come it's easy it's enjoyable it's pleasurable the other kind of banquet the spiritual feasting is not so easy it's not as accessible and it's not something we are uh, very good at uh, attending even though we are constantly being invited to it. 
And that's what you see in this gospel reading. As Christ says, there was a man who gave a banquet and he invited many. But then people began to make excuses. I can't come, I have this to do, I have that to do. And of course he gets upset. And then he says, bring in everyone else. The people who were invited, they will no longer be able to taste my banquet. They are no longer welcome. They had their chance. It's a sobering, sobering message. It means that God does invite us, but there comes a point when the invitation has expired. That's a hard truth. But what is he inviting us to? He is inviting us to feast with him on the love, on the glory, on the peace of the heavenly kingdom. The banquet is none other than the heavenly kingdom, the kingdom of God. That's what we're being invited to. That is what he establishes at the Last Supper again. Another scene of eating together. He takes the bread. He takes the wine. He says, this is my body. He says, this is my blood. Do this in remembrance of me for the remission of sins. Then he says, I shall not eat of it again until I eat it again anew with you in the heavenly kingdom. So there's a connection between the Eucharist that we receive at every liturgy, that again, us coming together here, this divine liturgy in every liturgy, being a banquet, coming again, being invited to eat and drink with the Lord. Not just regular food, like the barbecue we had on last Saturday, but divine heavenly food that gives us eternal life. We are invited to it every Sunday. And during these 40 days of the Nativity, actually every day, we are feasting. And so why, what keeps us away from it? Well, again, our bodies really are powerful. And the things of this world are the things we begin to desire more and more and more. And we Try, we kind of are unable to uh, really also give that much energy and, and desire to the spiritual things. Now, who are the blind and the lame and the maimed? Why, are, why does Christ invite them instead? They are the ones who have nothing. In other words, they are poor. They don't have the things of this world. And so they are longing for something that is in the next life. So we are called to be, even though we might not be blind, we might not be poor, we might not be maimed, we are called to be like them. To understand that everything in this life Everything in this life that we have 
is nothing. We can't take any of it with us. So we have to begin desiring the things of the next life. We have to begin desiring the heavenly food. That doesn't mean you shouldn't work, you shouldn't own things. Those are beautiful things and it's good as long as you remember they, they come from God and they are His blessings. But when we hyper-focus on just the material world, on just our material bodies and our pleasure and, and satisfying that, it's a kind of suicide, a spiritual suicide. And we end up in old age very afraid, very empty, and very fearful of death because we have not filled ourselves, we have not nourished ourselves, prepared ourselves for the next life, the new world, and the eternal life. God invites us constantly, every Sunday, every day, to be with Him, to share His banquet. And this is the image of eternal life. Everyone gathered together with Abraham, with the prophets, with Christ, feasting together in the glory of the heavenly kingdom. That's again another image that we see uh, of the end of the world. A banquet of being with God. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. <clears throat>